On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by everybody's favorite personality, I would say, New England personality. It is Fitzy, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's What's up, brother? What's up, Pat Plain? What's up, Spags, you handsome son of a bitch? What's going on, boys? <laughs> Great to be on the Pats Nation podcast with my favorite. Listen, you guys are slowly turning into, and I don't know if you know this. Don't get a big head now. But you guys are slowly turning with Keegan and you and Spags and Rich and Burned and the whole gang. I'm going to tell you what, Pat's pulpit and the crew you guys have assembled, you guys are slowly turning into like, the Ocean's Eleven of Necessary Patriots Follows and Super Smart Football People. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you. We do You're put it. Burns the goat. I mean, he puts in a ton of work. Uh, his day on Monday was absolutely insane. Like, just crushing it articles. Absolutely. Just a, he, like, you know, Keegan, Keegan is a, like yourself, you know, your draft guide, which you guys have put together, I use several times on the WEI Armchair General Manager Series. Like, you guys are like a, you guys are like, uh, you know, a discount, unheralded, but very worthy version of Kuiper uh, and McShay, and more people need to know that. And and Burned, by the way, uh, I had the pleasure of running into him in Atlanta at the Aquarium for Super Bowl 53 on media night. I know you're probably thinking like, oh, the frig, let's Fitzy and Burn <laughs> from past pulpit <laughs> into the Atlanta Aquarium for free beers. We got Hammerstein Ballroom <laughs> outside of like a shark exhibit or something, because when the beer... You know, when the beers and like, you know, the chicken wings and the little uh, lollipop lamb chops are coming fast and furious, who says no? Kind of like paying twice as much for Nelson Aguilar as anyone else would have offered, right? Oh, don't be careful with that one. Let, let's get into that, too. I mean, it's uh, it's been an interesting last few days. Obviously, I don't think anybody kind of saw this coming. You know, traditionally, weren't big day one spenders. And obviously, today is the, the start of the new year. But you see the deals. Schefter's draft were, were filled probably weeks ago and just itching to get those out on Monday. Um, and they kind of take an uncharacteristic approach to it where they had so many holes in the roster. Many people maybe felt that they'd go through the draft and get youth and, and slowly rebuild, but they went right after it and, and spent big money at some big spots, obviously starting with tight end. Yeah. Listen, what do we, here's the thing, Bill Belichick. I like to call him the zag master Belichick. He is the master of the zag because whenever everyone expects him to zig a couple of years ago, he needs tight ends. What does he do? He goes and overdrafts a wide receiver out of Arizona state. No one's heard of. And even his own coach at the time didn't think was that special last year. Obviously we need wide receiver help. What does he do? Takes two tight ends who may not even make the team this year. Now we need a quarterback, which is exactly why he's probably going to draft an offensive lineman and a cornerback first in the draft. That's what Belichick does. What do we know about this guy? Bill Belichick. He's a football genius. He hates the media. He loves giving jobs to his kids. And whenever you expect him to do one thing, he's going to do something else. And he's going to do it with a surly, miserable face. And if he's not going to put his own face to it, he's going to let the dog do it because the dog is 10 times cuter. I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form because Belichick, you know, like the, the hacky joke that uh, I'm so glad all of us have spared from making, but I won't spare us from now is like, how can Belichick have something up his sleeve when he's usually on the sidelines without one, guys? Am I right? Come on, give it up. Uh, he's known he's going to do this for so long. 2020 was the wash and reset post Brady year. Figured he'd take a flyer. Like, let's see what this former MVP has still left in the tank. I'm going to reset the books. We'll, 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 let, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I don't think he expected Brady to win the Super Bowl. And I don't think spite, which he is full of, that's what makes him an honorary New Englander. I don't think that's exactly why he's done all this. But he has owned up to all of his draft mistakes. He has built almost a brand new team, set them up 
for the next couple of years and addressed all of the, the unevenness throughout the roster that I think we all saw. He paid a premium price, and I, for one, am so glad not to see him do Trader Joe's filings basement shopping for a change to just walk up like, you know, like a, like a, someone on the Sopranos with a bankroll to the front of the Mercedes lot and just start knocking off hundos and just saying, like, all of them. Give me all of them. This is what I want. This is what I want. Now you're all in trouble. The only the only thing that, that pisses me, and, and the Aguilar contract, and listen, Matthew Judon, love it. Love it. Not only do I love it, but Nasty. we talked about it on Monday. But, you know, you say, okay, great. Not only are you paying them, you're actually paying them less than some of those edge guys got. So that's a great deal. I you love got $4 million dollars a year less than Shaq Barrett got. And Shaq Barrett's yes. playing football in an income tax-free state, no less. So that $18 million is like $20 million. <laughs> And Gawkway only got $13 million a year. But that's kind of like roughly about the same. And all these, all these I think deals. Lawson they, got more. I think Lawson got like yeah. 16 or 17 too. So Carl, Carl Lawson to go, to go play in the Sarlacc pit down in New Jersey. Awesome. <laughs> Have fun with that. So, but that's, but so I love that one. Love the two tight ends. Love it. The wide receivers. I'm like, what do we do? Nelson Aguilar. Listen, people could talk about how much they like Nelson Aguilar, blah, blah, blah. But Curtis Samuel just signed a three year, $34 million deal. Three years, $34 million. He's getting paid less mo- or about the same amount of money per year that Nelson Aguilar is getting. What are we right. doing? Like, what- I, see, the, the, our, no, this is what makes us the best. This is like, I have a feeling, Spags. By the way, Spags, I have a feeling you're an Aguilar guy. Tell me. I see. I, I am. I, I liked the signing at the time. Obviously, the money and and I don't know the details, but a lot of it came out today. I, I like the fit and and you see what they did on day one. They went crazy. Like they, they clearly had a plan. Like these are our guys. We're going to attack them. Let's go get them today. No matter what the cost is, we're just going to bring them home. Like that, that seems to me the, you know, the, the idea they went into free agency with, but I mean, right. maybe they jumped a little bit too early at the wide receiver spot, considering how, you know, how dry the, the, the position was. I mean, they, these guys usually we'd expect Samuel Galladay, Juju still hasn't signed. We expected them to go right. within the first hour at 12 o'clock Monday. And they they just got oh, signed. Totally. And you know what, actually the funny thing is those guys over at Spotrack do a great job because the average annual value they had put on uh, Curtis Samuel. And I have a hard time trusting anyone catching passes when they have two first names, but Curtis Samuel, they put him at around 11 million. So now he goes three for 34.5. So that's 11.5 to whiffed. Uh, obviously, in the end, the chance to reunite with his college roommate, Terry McLaurin, and his former coach in Riverboat Ron wins out over playing for Hoodie B and his former quarterback, Cam Newton. Right. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the Patriots offered. You know, we heard a million different times the Pats were going to get in on it. It was crazy to see the Patriots do two things Monday as well. A, just literally sign everybody, just, just sign, sign them all, just like, like the Bill Belichick Monday was like Kylo Ren when he was in the AT-AT at the end of The Last Jedi trying to destroy Luke Skywalker, like, Mar! 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 It was, it was, ins- it was insane, but we were all here for it, and I, it was my most enjoyable non-post-Super Bowl Monday in recent memory, and it helped also, like, put a nice salve, a nice bomb on that open wound that is the one-year anniversary of Brady uncoupling from the Patriots, which is today. Screw mm-hmm. you forever, St. Patrick's Day. Yep. And now, now the day David crazy. Andrews probably left too, which is uh, and not, I, not officially. Not officially. Not. I know. And here we are. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, day one, we're going to talk ourselves into Kendrick Bourne like, yeah, we got Jacoby Myers plus one. Wait, we already have Jacoby Myers. Whatever. Belichick's genius. Uh, and then it's like we get Nelson Aguilar like, I used to love making Aguilar drop jokes, but then he was good last year in Las Vegas. Uh, maybe we'll get Mariota too. I love Nelson of Aguilar. This guy's going to be awesome. Then Curtis Samuel signs Wednesday night for about the same average annual value. And we're like, Corey Davis too, like yeah, similar. Yeah. I, I don't want him. Oh my God. Corey Davis. Corey Davis is just Nikhil Harry. I, I don't think he was a scheme fit here either too, but no. it's interesting too. Good, like but that's not my guy. Yeah. I, I thought Samuel was a slam dunk and, and he does everything. That's a Belichick right. guy spags. Yeah. And, but the real, like, when I got excited was like, and, and shocking, like me and Pat were talking about it. I haven't been that shocked at, at Patriots news or a signing. I mean, Antonio Brown was like whole, like everybody, I, I, at least I feel was like, you knew where you were at the time when, when that right. signed, cause it was so shocking. But at the same time, when you look back on it, it's like, well, it's kind of a no brainer. That's a typical guy that Belichick would target right before the year, right. you know, bad reputation. He needed a wide receiver. We, we did a show right. Monday night after John who signed and we were, mm-hmm. 
you know, we brought it up at the end. We're like, I wonder what Hunter Henry's going to get because everyone kind of assumed he was going to demand the market, be the first one off the board. And then you wake up Tuesday and they got him too. It was like, oh my God, like this is Hernandez Gronk, two tight end sets. You know how much they love that 12 personnel. And they're just going to bully teams up front and force him to go nickel. And you're just dreaming of these scenarios. And then you see the, the you know, oh wait, there's no, these top receivers are still out there too. Like, are they going to go dip their toes in that as well? And then you see the money. So, I, I mean, I, I have no complaints with the off season they had Re- yeah. really in Monday. Yeah. Like that was the off season like, they've yeah. had the three days into it. That's yeah. what I mean. And look what they've done. <laughs> I mean, the free agency technically began at time of recording just over five hours ago. The new league year just began the, you know, Tampa Bay only started like two and a half days ago. So like we're bare, we're barely into this stuff right now. Right. The, one of the crazy things about Monday also too, was that Belichick, in addition to making his diabolical offseason sign them all master plan, uh, he also, the first four guys that he signed, uh, the first four guys that he signed were all Drew Rosenhaus clients. So he was actually working this with someone who wanted to get his, and see, that was brilliant on Rosenhaus's part. That's why I've honorarily named the Patriots this year the Drew England Rosenpats, because (laughs) because four premium guys from Rosenhaus right off the top of the board. So he gets his guys paid, if not overpaid, right off the top. Like, Bill, don't let them get into a bidding war with anyone. Make sure I'll, I'll make sure they know that, that Foxborough is where they want to be. You know, here we go. Let's run it. That's the new hashtag. We're going to get this done. Sends those guys up that way. And and now we've got, like, the, like you said, I, I've loved seeing on Twitter, guys, the last couple of days, like, all the 12 personnel mentions, everyone's like, yeah, Boston Tea Party 2.0. We're going to dominate. Like, And then at the same time, there's always somebody else like three tweets down in the thread that's like, oh, cool. Are they good at catching passes off their shoe tops? Because we need a quarterback. <laughs> well, well, well that, that, that brings me to my next point. Because mm-hmm. I had tweeted out, once they signed Henry, it's like, you know, on right. Sunday night, if you were to ask me, hey, can they afford to – you know, mortgage some picks this year, first, second, next year's, you know, first, second, whatever the the case may be, can they afford to do this to go up and and get a guy? And you, you know, like, I don't know about that. They, they, you know, they have a ton of holes there. There's some spots on the roster that are old. They need, you know, some turnover there with like some youth. And then they go out and sign two tight ends. They get Jalen Mills. They get Matt Hudon, you know, God, like they just signed everybody. Like you said, at spots that they needed help to multi-year deals. So I think that's a that's a, a telltale sign that hey we're building a core here not for this year not for next year but for years to come right. we can afford now to go up and you know maybe trade 15 46 next year's one or two whatever the case may be to go up and in, in case one of those quarterbacks falls to go up to the 7 5 to 9 range and go up and get a Trey Lance Justin Fields whoever pick any of those guys I'm okay with it because I think this offense is Mike Renner said it from PFF today. We talked about it Monday. This offense is 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 being built. It almost seems like for for a Trey Lance. Yes, which it, is static. Which is crazy because that's ex- like that's the direction I almost would oh, rather we have, go. We have breaking news from oh, the what? chat apparently. Oh. oh, so we'll see. Pat, pull it up. But Ian Rappaport, Kyle Van Noy back to New England. We'll have to oh! double check with this. That's uh, that's a big move. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, then let's Wait, let's let's say it's it. It's not from the actual. Ra- is it from the actual? Oh, it I is. So. Oh. Source: The Patriots are bringing back linebacker KVN from so the not, rap sheet. That so is it's that not is from, confirmed. It's not from like rup rup sheet or rip. No, sheet. it is not. No, it We're is not. not. That's keep, why I don't want to get. Have, I felt have like the, Tom Pelissoro or Saro <laughs> yesterday or something. Like I hate when that happens. You got to wow. have the notifications on. That's why I get the notifications on yep. from all the big guys, and then that's why it's what? like okay until I see it in the notifications. I, I, I'm not rolling with it until that happens. So well, I appreciate I that Foxborough Fenway because uh, Good call. big fan. So yeah, Ooh. I appreciate that. That's a, that's a big move. I mean, that's one right, right now, boys. To. Let's say it. We're going to go on another revenge tour. That's a good, no, that's just a great fit. It's like, a great, it's I was, a great, all, I was all for bringing him back. Good fit. Here's what, here's what's so, here's what's so great about all this. A, just in case the Patriots offense does, you know, have experienced some growing pains, though they really shouldn't considering you've got 1,700 pounds of offensive line, even if Teddy K swaps in for Big Bear Andrews, right? That you just have monolith after that they should run with the second or third best one-two punch at the running back position. 
with Damian Harris and Sony. I will take no more slander, Michelle. 5.7 yards per carry last season. Look it up, people. I will not be here for your phony Michelle takes. Then, on top of that, like I said, the defense now, think about how much. So Matthew Judon, returning Dante Hightower, KVN, mm-hmm. Patrick Chung, the human missile that is Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, last year's leading tackler. Think about now, and now you add Jalen Mills, two fresh bodies on the defensive line, a bunch of draft picks. This team is going to be able to, and think about it the way Winovich and Uche are going to benefit from this. What do you want to call them together? Like uh, the, you know, the, the, the Winuche or Uchevich, whatever we're going to, we need a, like a name for a player. Well, I like, like, like Winuchevich. Winuchevich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like these kids are going to benefit from the fact that you have to account for so many other players on the Patriots defense. Now they were right. only seventh in points allowed last year, Spags, which is deceiving because you could have watched a lot of games at the end of the year when Cam Akers was just running roughshod all over them. When Salman Ahmed and Malcolm Perry were just bulldozing them yep. uh, in the, in the elimination game in Miami, like now Belichick is going to have a defense that resembles the attitude the aggression and the intelligence that his defenses used to be built on with the Giants, with the Browns, and especially the early years of the Pats. Let's go. Well, not just that, but you got to remember they're they're making a change back to the three four this year. I think that's pretty clear. They let Adam Butler walk for very similar money than they gave to uh, Henry Anderson. So Butler w- clearly wasn't part of their plan, right? He's not a right. nose tackle. He's not a three four defensive end. He's a three tech, right? And he's a good three tech. But he doesn't fit in this scheme because they're going back to an odd front with the 3-4, I believe. And so that makes sense when you bring in a guy like Judon, when you bring Kyle Van Noy back. Like, it makes sense now. Okay, now Chase Winovich can play off the line. Uche can play off the line. They're right. going to have a million guys that can play all of the field. And, you know, you're going to have Winovich off ball. You're going to have all these guys. Gonna be, it's it's going to be crazy. And now all of a sudden the linebacking core goes from one of the worst in the league to – you know, maybe not one of the best in the league, but but solid, right? It goes from an absolute travesty, which was which is what it was last year, to you know, I think possibly uh, you know a uh, a strength, I would say, of the defense, and that's important for them because they what need. Are you, talk, good what are you talking about weakness on the line? I will not sit here and hear you talk about Carl Davis that way. No, 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 not the line, the linebacking core. Oh no, actually. Team. I appreciate you saying that, Pat, but they technically didn't have any linebackers last. That's year. that's a good point. So I mean, no disrespect, to, no no. I would no intend to disrespect to Juwan Bentley, but the linebacking position was almost non-existent. Right. Like Belichick, did, like they didn't ghost on the defense. Belichick ghosted on that. Like you lose Kyle Van Noy, you uh, you lose a Landon Roberts, Jamie, you, Collins. Uh, Jamie Collins goes to Detroit, then Hightower offset. Like there just wasn't one because like Uche and Winovich are like. They're more the, in line with the way – I feel like once you get off the defensive line now, unless you play cornerback, everything else is very malleable now. Everything else right. – there's this hybridization of the linebacking position and the safety position where, like, you know, Duggar is – like, Kyle Duggar weighs more than a lot of the linebackers that are going to go in the first round of this year's draft. Like Micah right. Parsons, for example, he weighs like 215 pounds. Kyle right. Duggar is about almost 230. And he's a safety. So right. like the, that, that safety linebacker, linebacker say like Jalen Mills, he plays every position. No wonder why he was Belichick's wet dream, signing him at a bargain value from Philadelphia. And I heard, by the way, that guy's a, that guy's a baller and he may be the steal of the first wave of free agency. Yeah. I mean, it's, they, they love going after those Philly guys that just got torn apart there, right? Aguilar tough place to have the yips and the drops. That's probably one place you don't want to do it. You talk to any Philly fan, like I, I think, they were projecting him to play for the veterans minimum. He goes out, and gets a nice payday. That clip, um, that's one of the best clips of all time. Of oh, all yeah. time, when the guy catches the when the guy catches the baby and, and he grabs all the yeah, yeah, like, a man out there throwing him out the window, and we was making catches, you know, unlike Aguilar. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna dog him all year. And now, Pat, like we were talking about before, Curtis Samuel gets that three-year 34, $34.5 million dollar deal right. from Wift. Now all of a sudden. Aguilar is going to be compared to invariably all year, maybe both years, because it's kind of a weird deal that he signed. Uh, yeah, the, two, six, the way that it's structured, it helps the Patriots with more salary cap room this year than next. There's like 10 million dead if they cut him or trade him next year. But like he's always going to get compared to Curtis Samuel now, because if he doesn't right. have a good game 
or if he doesn't stretch the field and validate that the the investment, it's going to be like, well, could have had Curtis Samuel Belichick. He can't pick. He has no. He can't. Has no idea what he's doing with receivers. Come on. Right. No. And that's, yeah. I wonder ahead, though. Pat. I wonder though. See, Juju has been on my list for months because I like the fact. See, the thing. Here's the thing about Juju. All right. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that no one wants right now because of the stupid off-field crap. Because he dances. Because, because he dances in TikTok. TikTok. That's it. That's literally what it is. People are like. Juju sucks and he's this and he's that. And what happened too is that last year he took a back seat to those to Deontay Johnson to Chase Claypool. He takes up he became the third option there when everyone wanted him to be the number one option. Now, forget the fact that he had almost 100 catches last year. That doesn't matter. The the point is, is that he was the third option. Well, okay, sure. He had 100 catches, but that's fine. But either way, but that's what teams are looking at is they're looking at baggage from the the off-field stuff. And it's like, dude, are you all, all it is is a freaking TikTok. That's what, that's what your problem is. And so this is where the Patriots thrive is when the value of players drop for whatever the reason is and name the player, Randy Moss, uh, Corey Dillon, like just go out and it's happened a million times, right? So his value drops because of whatever. And then they swoop in and pay a lot less than they probably would be paying for him and i think juju makes a lot of sense here and especially the way this roster is built now i would love him on this team and we'll just we'll see what he gets but yeah we'll see what you saw today do? too they were in on aj green yeah. um but yeah that I, th- I think brian that had said you don't know the timing but i mean all the reports the last few i'd say the last 24 hours were that they were still you know kind of scouring the market for another wide receiver interesting fit there i mean that's a guy that has been rumored here along, along with larry fitzgerald for years right uh, but i i think they're set i think that at least offensively, maybe you know they they've been you know, looking at thirty million dollars in cap space. I'm saying from an offensive standpoint, I mean you obviously have to save some to sign your your rookie draft class, right. you know, yeah, and you need a James White replacement because you're yeah. because Rex Burkhead's not going to be ready in time, no matter how good he looks. Toe tapping his way through his IG, and you know, Sweet Feet's probably going to either go to Tampa or Miami, be closer to his family after the tragedy yeah. of last September, and I wouldn't blame him. And he's got nothing left to prove here. And I, I, it would make all the sense in the world. The draft, luckily, though, uh, before I get back to the my other juju point, is that the draft is like, and you know this, Spags, because you've been studying up on all this stuff. Like, Pat, it is loaded, loaded with guys that can be James White replacements. My, my crush is Demetric Felton because I think that yeah. kid yeah. We talked about everybody. it today on, our, on oh. that mock draft show. Like, remember the name. I mean, he plays receiver. He's Curtis Samuel without the $34.5 million price tag, right. dude. He's and the a, other thing, too, is there the, the linebacker class is so deep, especially on day two. You know, the yeah. uh, Baron Browning from Ohio State, Pete Oof. Werner, Jameen Davis from Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Uh, you know, who knows where Nick Bolton falls. David Collins right. is probably a first rounder, but yeah. Um, interesting. Like that, that's a group that they obviously spent two pretty high picks on last year with Uche and Jennings. They bring Van Noy back. I still think that they'll try to add a little more youth and depth. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw last year, you could never, they were, they were throwing out, you know, practice squad guys towards the end of, that, end of the year. I mean, yeah, like Sean Bauer, uh, Therese Hall. I, yeah. I would look for them to to try Sound to find like that, that guy in the middle. But they were Patriots linebacker. <laughs> they they need a, a high tower type replacement, somebody that's going to stand in the middle, be a thumper. That's cool. you know play downhill and 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 all that. So I, I wonder, yeah, I mean Zayvon Collins makes sense, but yeah. I do want to talk about the draft because we did flirt it out. Um, I think we can all come to an agreement that it wouldn't make much sense to to pick at fifteen, right? Like. The, the move we all want to see the make is now that they have these guys and a core kind of locked up is to go up. Let's go up and get a guy if, if the if the board falls. But I think a trade back makes a lot of sense too. Obviously, the second round tender on JC Jackson, that happened today. Yep. Our team's going to be like a team like, you know, who knows because Jerry Alexander is a free agent next year, but a team like Green Bay. Like, would you give up pick 60, whatever, to go get a JC Jackson? I, I mean, it's pretty good value if you're Green Bay. So it's interesting what they do there. Do they pick up another pick? Uh, a trade back is certainly possible as well. Like I said, pick up. They have that gap between 46 and 96. Mm-hmm. You know, Belichick loves, you know, five picks on day two, four on day three, just to fill out his roster. I either want to, yeah, like if it's JC Jackson now only getting that second round uh, RFA tender, um, you know, hey, listen, if he, if he wants to call up John Elway and just be like JC Jackson for Philip Lindsay, you want to party? 
I could see something crazy like that happening. But L- that's Lombardi floated that out that that's a possibility. I mean, I, that's a perfect James White replacement, like right there. I, I th- and I think yeah, he caught, he even said he was he reminded him of Wes Welker in a lot of ways because of how precise he ran and the sneaky speed that he had. Uh, I could see something like that happening, but. I would either, if you're going to move J.C. Jackson, and I'm 50-50 that it's going to be one or the other. It's like uh, that it's going to be J.C. Jackson or Gilmore. Like I, even a week ago, I thought like 100% chance Gilmore gets traded. I think Belichick loves him. I really do. He's such a smart corner. He's so solid. Uh, yeah, I know he's going to cost a little bit more money, but if you can pull off a crazy trade, and the only way I think the Patriots really go up and make an impact, I'd love to see them trade like a first. Uh I would rather I'd like to see him like JC Jackson in 15 and maybe a second to move up to seven for Detroit. I, you know, you can find another JC Jackson uh, or maybe like this year's first, next year's first and JC Jackson to Atlanta for number four. There's a chance you could maybe, you know, depending on how things shake out, you might be able to get Zach Wilson if that's their crush all along and Belichick doesn't want to show, show us his card. So either do that. Or like you said, Spags move back, let someone else jump up to 15 pick in the twenties, get another second. And next thing you know, you might be able to get, um, you know, uh, Davian Nixon or Davion, how you pronounce his name, like that absolute Goliath uh, from like, where's he from Iowa state or somewhere like that. Uh, Iowa. Iowa. Okay. And um, maybe then you could get a receiver. You can, I don't know, maybe it's a Rashad Bateman or maybe you can get, I'm on St. Ra, like get, get talent, like just stack right. up with talent. So when these guys all play out their contracts, you're not left with bare ca- bare cupboards like you were last year. Well, I think too the wide receiver position is interesting. Like I would love to go draft a guy this year because you have a core in place. I think the biggest problem with Harry was he had these big expectations. First mm. ever first round pick wide receiver by Belichick. Right. Remember he misses the first eight nine weeks, comes into a positional group that they hadn't got anything, dying for a playmaker. And it really was, I mean, aside from Edelman, they didn't really have much veteran presence in there, somebody that could really help them out. Now you have Myers, who's going to be in his third year, Edelman, Bourne, Aguilar. Like you have pros in there that, you know, if you draft a guy, not necessarily in the first round, but early day two, it's an easier transition for them. They're not, you know, they, they don't have to be the guy that Harry had to be coming out, obviously, with the first round pick on him. And the easy, the easy talk radio game to play is like, Nikhil, Harry sucks. You know, it's, uh, he, we got to get him out of here. I, I think in a lot of ways, he would benefit from a, a, a geo swap, like maybe fresh start, new location, right. like just give him a chance to go succeed elsewhere. This has been busted from day one. And by the way, when he was out the first eight weeks, when he got redshirted, if you will, when he was put on injured reserve the first eight games after he got hurt in the Detroit preseason game, then he comes back and doesn't, he's a healthy scratch that game nine against Baltimore, whatever. Uh, he just never clicked with Brady in 2019. I saw him at uh, the Duran Harmon, like, autism awareness karaoke night party uh in early october uh he was moving just fine right he was like yeah i saw him yeah i wonder he was doing just like just fine dancing and having a grand old time i almost wanted to go up to him at the bar and just be like so you needed uh eight weeks on ir huh why don't you get back on the field because we can use because edelman's broken from edelman looks like the operation board come on guy Listen, don't tell don't tell Matt Chatham that he sucks because Matt Chatham screams uh, all the time that he's wide open all the time and no one throws in the ball. And so it ends with a Z and then then in that case, like it's a video of him cold smoking some good achievement. The other thing too about about the cornerback position that I wanted to touch on is they signed Jalen Mills, right? Like JC Jackson gets a second round tender. Stephon Gilmore, I mean, who knows what happened with him? I'd still like to pay him. If you can work something out and who knows with the cap and, and all that, I know his age, and but he's still an elite corner. And I think he has two to three years left of being a, a true number one. I mean, who knows? I mean, how, how long he could really play. And then you, people forget they, you know, they sent, they spent a second round pick with Jawan Williams and oh. I forget it might've been Lombardi and I don't want to put a quote on him, but someone had said if Nikhil Harry wasn't there at 32, the pick was going to be Jawan Williams. So they obviously felt pretty highly of him. And I think that's a guy too that maybe they see a future with him. He really hasn't gotten the opportunity because of how crowded mm-hmm. that cornerback room has been. I mean, you had Gilmore, McCordy, John mm-hmm. Jones, who's one of the best slot uh, corners in the league, and then J.C. Jackson. Like, how is he going to find time on the field? And then right. we thought maybe he'd be a hybrid safety and kind of take that McCordy approach. And then, hello, Kyle Duggar. Yeah, so, right. huge. Joe Wan is enormous. He's a he's like 
six four, two twenty, like just like the a guy who has been brought into the league to play, like you said, that hybrid role who can er- like be a tight end eraser. Remember when Belichick allegedly called up, like Talib said last year, he called him up and said, yeah. give you like five million bucks to come play for me one more year. Just cover tight ends. That's all I need you to do. And Belichick looked at uh, Talib looked at the schedule and was like, Kelsey Kittle, man, fuck, no, <laughs> hell no. Um, God, Talib, God, he's so got so much personality. Uh, but you want William J. He can't crack. He can't crack this rotation. But they need to get something out of it because he's entering his third year. He's part of this weird group on the Patriots right now, who I think can actually benefit immensely from all the signings. This flurry of signings. This anti-patriot way even though it's not because belichick always does what's in the best interest of the football team what's in the best interest of the football team right now boys spending more money than it costs to produce two transformers movies to bring in a bunch of awesome new players and start kicking ass again joan williams chase winovich isaiah win uh who's only played 18 out of 48 games his first three years uh all these guys have had like even asiasi coming into the coming in last year and only making two catches and it was in the final game against the jets uh, all these guys have had crazy pressure put on them too quickly. This is the perfect year now with these veterans and the studs that Belichick has signed the first couple days for these guys to ease their way into the system and then flourish when the time is right. Right. No, and, and listen, they need to, and people talk about it all the time, they need to have those guys pay off, right? And, and that's, everyone says, oh, well, you know, of course they have to go out and do this because they haven't hit in the draft and blah, 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 and all this other crap. And so it's like, you know, we have to have to find a way to dump on the Patriots somehow, even when they're doing well. Right. And so, uh, you know, yeah, there was you earlier in the podcast though. And you were like, Oh, I didn't sign Samuels Belichick. What are you doing? Like, that's our nature, Pat. I mean, that's true. So, but I, so here's the thing that I'll say, right. And this is the quarterback discussion for me is interesting because in my opinion, right. Not that it's stupid, but in my opinion, I don't know why you'd go out and sign all these people without a quarterback plan with, with just with not knowing anything, right? You have Cam Newton at one year for whatever he's getting paid, 3.5 to 4, 1.5 to $14 million, whatever he ends up getting paid. Right. A so sure. Range, yeah. That's a pretty wide range. Right. So, okay. He's covered his ass. Yeah. yeah. So you have Cam. Okay, great. He's a one year deal. And the only guy after him is Stidham. So there has to be a plan in place. If you are bringing in all these guys and the only quarterbacks you have on your roster day one, are Cam and Stidham and say you draft Kellen Mond in the fourth round. Like what the hell are we doing? Like in my opinion, I feel like they have to have some sort of a plan. And I know it's crazy. Jeff Howe keeps saying it's going to happen. The Watson deal. I just, I don't see it happening, but I feel like they're trying to do, they, they want to do something right now, whether that means go up and get the guy. The problem with the draft is that, you know, well, and this is the thing I think, ultimately you can end up trading up to three with Miami. And I know everyone says, well, Miami, you don't want, you know, Miami, Miami's AFC, but here's the deal, right? But but listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? Okay, fine. Miami says, no, we're not trading with the Patriots. Screw you guys. You say, okay. You say, okay. Sewell or Jamar Chase or one of these guys that are generational talents. Yeah. Jamar Chase is a generational talent, but, but either way, I don't think at least that's my, my personal opinion. 20 tutties as like a 19 year old. He had more touchdowns than years on earth in a season. It is a (laughs) stud. He is a stud. I agree. I, but a wide receiver at three overall is, is lunacy, but either way, regardless, I just think if they're going to trade out, you say, okay, fine. You don't want to take it. We'll give it to Atlanta instead, you know? And so if they're even considering trading out, I think it makes sense to take that Patriots deal. But either way, if you can't trade up to three and they're saying, no, we're going to draft someone, then you say, fine, we trade up to four and we get the third best player. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Right. And then it just depends on whether they prefer Fields or Lance or Wilson, depending on who who goes, right, who goes second. But they have to get up. They have to do something because at this point now, you need to mortgage. Fine, trade your first-round pick next year. Who the hell cares? Trade your second-round pick this year and your first-round pick next year. It doesn't matter because if you go into this season signing all these guys and you trot out Cam Newton with no plan behind him. Listen, you draft Trey Lance at four. And you trot out Cam Newton because Lance isn't ready. That's fine. We're okay. That's with the that. best. That's the best case scenario, I think, right. is, is to right. do that. And I think that's what their plan is. I mean, you saw the reports when he signed. You know, and it, including myself, everyone yeah. jumps to the conclusion like, "What are we really doing this again?" Then you see the details, and you see the reports that they're still active in the quarterback, um, you know, conversation, whether it be you know free agency, trade, draft. 
I think that's the best situation. Really. It's like, he's almost their kind of their backup plan. Like, Hey, we got a guy on the roster that we feel comfortable with enough to that. If, if, you know, plan Z, all these things don't happen our way. But I, I think what you said is perfect. Like moving up makes the most sense. Like I said earlier, you know, you, you mortgage, you can afford to mortgage a bunch of picks for the future just because of the core you have locked in place, the cap room, you have the flexibility, um, and, and I think a guy like Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, like any of those guys, you name benefit mightily from sitting behind Cam Newton. Cause we talk about it all the time, say what you want about his play, but that guy's a professional. He knows how to play the position. I they're think those guys play love, very, they love they love yeah, they, they love sure. He would, and he would embrace that role. I think at this point in his career, mm-hmm. you see him speak to the media and on the, all those podcasts, that'd be a, a, a great situation. And you take the Patrick Mahomes route with those, that kid, right? Like, yep. Truck cam out there. If he doesn't have it, you give enough time for your rookie. If you're out of it in week 14, 15, and you're out of elimination right. or you have a playoff spot locked up, go get his foot feet wet and you, he's your guy for 2022. And you have all these guys that you just signed this year around him to make that. And not to mention the rookie contract, right? Like right. it's easy yeah. to build around that. Belichick yeah, talks don't all forget the time. though. Don't forget with Cam Newton, they get the dog. <laughs> uh, I and I still think if if the plan is to draft somebody similar to Cam because Belichick and Josh and all of their wisdom have come together. I think together. they love that. I think yeah, they love that type of guy. Together decided that you know what, it maybe we maybe it's up for Fields or Lance if the price is right because you know they're just they they along with Ernie Adams are just going to live by their draft valuation charts and the numbers have to be right or else they're or else they're going to tell that that it can kick rocks without socks. If they have decided that someone like that who's big and who's strong and who can move well is the way that the quarterback position needs to go in the future and not in the more pocket-oriented Mac Jones, Tom Brady type of type of mold, like a Drew Brees, et cetera. Certainly not a, uh, a giraffe on stilts with a laser rocket arm like a, like a Drew Bledsoe. Then maybe that's why Cam Newton is here. He's a safety valve. He is your quarterback floor at this point. So you could take somebody, whether it is Kellen Mond, if they like him at the value, if they trade up for Lance, who I think is probably long-term the better project than Justin Fields, but I definitely think he's more raw at this point. Fields is more polished, but Lance's skills are just off He's the just chart. Dripping but, with it, yeah. But don't forget, boys, my guy is still out there, and we heard rumors today, especially from around the NFL, like if it's an NFL network affiliated and it's a rap sheet affiliated type of rumor, I'm oh, buying man. into it. You don't have to spend your first-round draft pick. You don't have to even probably spend more than your compensatory third you got for Brady or maybe a fourth. Oh, Jimmy? Don't Give me that jockstrap, King baby. Don't do Give me it. the mustache. I no. want Mississippi. Oh, Gardner, yeah. I, hey, you look at his numbers: thirty-seven touchdowns to eleven picks in his career. I, I just you got to shoot higher than that. You got to shoot higher. Dude, he was seven and three in Jacksonville. That's like going fifteen and three <laughs> in New York. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, yeah. I like the player. I like the I like the swagger. Yeah, and yeah. Jim, and listen. You know, you're, 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 like I said, you know, you're, you're the next freaking Lewis Riddick, Spags. And by the way, I got an awesome <laughs> oh. for Riddick before we go. Oh man, he, he's so good. Um, the Jim Nagy, uh, who does an awesome job on the senior bowl and on ESPN tweeted out last September that any team, any team that was taking Trevor Lawrence, if somebody was going to take Trevor Lawrence first, wow, that's some good money for Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, that's by the way, that's up to thirteen point five. Oh, so see, you know what? He got his bag less. last year. He got fifteen million bucks. I had heard um, through some people who talked to people that his wife really missed their friends and really dug the area. Kyle was a little sensitive about the media. There was some interest in Tennessee, but in the end, he knew he played his best football for Belichick. So welcome back, and here we go. Get uh, everybody go to the backyard and dig up your boogeyman shirt because they're back, baby. <laughs> they uh, are. It's just I, another example, too, right? Like, great. These guys right. go. They they have a foot out the league, and not necessarily Van Noy because I think he played pretty good football for Miami. Oh, but Collins good last year, the same year that he did the previous year. But the one last thing I wanted to say about Minshew Mania, Jim Nagy said, if they take Trevor Lawrence first of all, if it's Jacksonville, then they're taking him not out of need because they're taking him because of value. And they should they should surround Gardner Minshew with enough talent. He should be a starter in this league. I asked him the same thing on the radio. He backed it up. He That's said he's not going to get you in trouble. He's smart enough. He moves well. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but he's a gamer and he's way smarter than everyone gives him credit for. Uh, yeah. Just because he's got the persona that lives that Uncle Rico eastbound right. and down kind of lifestyle, like we're missing some of that sweat. I want personality. I want swag. It's not just because I want to make and sell a bunch of t-shirts on the blog. Although that wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I, I just want, he's like a viable, like you tell me 
it's like, okay, Stidham, you know, shit or get off the pot. Cam, are you the starter or are you not? And you guys are both going to have to contend with Minshew Mania, who has no place in Jacksonville now. They'll right. they get Luton. They'll probably sign Alex Smith, who's Urban Meyer's guy. And you're going to get Sunshine Lawrence. I'll right. take him. Why not? Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're going to get rid of him. There's no reason to have him on the roster, especially when we can get right. something, even if it's only a fourth or fifth round pick. So what? You know, I mean, you might as well move him. So otherwise, you're going to cut him. So what the hell difference does it make, right? So listen, there's bench value. That's it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'd prefer Minshew over over Jimmy G. I can tell you that much. I mean, it just, you know, mm. it's one of those things where, like, you know, I'm okay with it. With you, I don't disagree with you at all. And not only that, but especially because, you know, Jimmy G, you're going to have to trade real assets for. You're going to pay him real money. It's like, that's stupid. You know, you might as well bring in a guy like, guy like Minshew who's still young, who's still on his rookie deal who you're going to have to give a fifth round draft pick for like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Sure. And so I don't mind that. I like that better than I like that better than cam starting. And I like that. I certainly like that better, like I said, than Jimmy G. So uh, I think out of the options, if that's the, if you're going to tell me they're not trading up in the draft and they're not trading for Wilson or, or, uh, or, or Watson might be the best option, honestly. Um, And I'd be okay with it. I I really would be okay with it. Who's your favorite in the, in the draft. Who's your favorite quarterback? You know what? I, I, I love, I just love Trey Lance's like, it's, it's a, it's a tools league, right? It's a tools position right now. So you look at what, who has the tools. Nobody has better tools than he does. Right. And Trevor Lawrence does because he's Trevor Lawrence. Right. But like outside of Lawrence, nobody has that. And that's sound, I don't know. It sounds dirty. I don't expect you had this smirk on your face. I don't know. It sounds weird, but I'm but no one, the comments over but, here. But no one's no one's got the tools that that Lance has, right? And so I look at it and I'm like, you know, that this he is could my guy right into, here, Zach Wilson. That's I mean, guy. thank you, thank you, Rusty Yusty. Yes, I watch I watch a lot of well, that's great. A for your beautiful handling, <laughs> and B for ba- Zach Wilson. Like yeah. I've just had to emotionally divest myself of him because I don't think because I don't think. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think I know it's it's totally Jim McMahon esque. I love it too. Like uh, I, I've emotionally divested myself of of thinking there's a chance to get Zach Wilson because there's only like one possible scenario where they can get up and get him. Otherwise, I think he's the quarterback of the future for the Jets. Unless yeah, Rob Sala thinks that it's worth taking a wide receiver uh, or maybe like that tackle Penisul or something like that at number two, or maybe even a defender, and then you trade up so, and get him in the Atlanta spot. He's he moves so well. He throws from – I know he didn't take on the greatest level of competition, but I just saw enough watching B, BYU right. was on all the time this year. Uh, he moves. He throws from every angle. He's got a strong arm, and he's got the charisma. You can just sort of feel like when he's on the field, you need to watch. Like he's a live wire on the field. Justin Fields, talented as the day is long, but one week he craps the bed, and then the next week he's throwing 65-yard dimes in the bucket to Olave against top-level talent like Clemson in the college football semifinal. So I don't know which guy you're getting. That's my issue with him. Yeah, right. for me, and before we get this wrapped up, it's like for me, I, I would love Zach Wilson. Just the I just think he brings his swagger to the position. Unbelievable thrower. The pressure, didn't face much pressure, had a really good offensive light. Scares me a little bit. The thing with me is the quarterbacks, right? Like, we talk about it all the time. The 10 guys they drafted since Brady, and obviously you weren't drafting a starter, so I guess you can play devil's advocate with me there. All power five guys, all multi-year right. starters, all seniors. So like immediately I, you cross Trey Lance off your board because it's you know sophomore, played 16 games, played at a D1 double A. But when you look at the situation he's in, like playing behind a Cam Newton sitting, you get an athlete, guy dripping with tools, uh, the probably the number one lottery ticket in the draft. If he pans out, he could very well be the best quarterback to come out of this class. Really. When you look at the tools that the kid has, I think the situation for him or Justin Fields makes a ton of sense for new England. It's just a matter of, can they get up there and get them? Does the board shake out in their favor? Um, I, like I told you at the, at the beginning of the show, I'd take a Wilson. I'd take a Fields, I'd take a Lance. I'd take a Mac Jones, even not not at 15. If they get him late, I have no problem with it. And I trust their quarterback evaluation. I think they've done a great job with that. And if they were to trade up and get a guy, you damn well better trust that they that they really really invested their time in this pick and that they made the right choice. Spags couldn't agree with you more. How could you not trust a team that drafted Danny Etling, Kevin O'Connell, <laughs> and Ryan and Ryan Mallet? Uh, Rohan Davies. Did, did, did we have Felder on the show like, today? Is that, uh, Jimmy hey, G listen, got Jimmy hey, G got I'm paid. I'm just on the a quarterback <laughs> in the second round, so I don't have to add him to the Terrence Wheatley, Razai Dowling, Duke. Right. 
Justin freaking Jordan Richards Memorial wall of sadness that has like a reflecting pool and an eternal flame over here downstairs <laughs> in my fan cave. Uh, let me give you this guy's stat before we wrap up. Uh, here's your old pal Fitzy's statistical. That's right. It's a stat with balls that I'll bring to the end of the Pats Nation podcast here with my pal, pals. Here we go. Lewis Riddick said on Twitter today, it's early yet, but for the, but the most, uh, but the Patriots are obviously the clubhouse leader in terms of signing the most and spending the most money in free agency. The last five years, or like the last five or six years, the team that spent the most and signed the most players averaged winning five more games the next season. Yeah, but Jack, huh? Jacksonville was one of them before they made the AFC title game. That was balls uh, for you, Pat, huh? Love it. Love it. <laughs> Better than the. I give you a little football six to midnight there, buddy. I mean, huh? we'll 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 for you tonight. Let's just say it's a good thing I'm sitting down, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but you know what? I love it. And, you know, people are like, oh, if you win the offseason, you usually lose the regular season. And I'm like, well, yeah, except like, I don't know, last year, right? Tampa Bay won the offseason last year. Boy, actually, right? yeah. This isn't what we spent all these years laughing at all these people. Now, right. Belichick acting like everyone else, and I'm supposed to support it. Yeah. Because he never has that kind of money, right. and he's doing what he needs to do. That's what Bill Belichick right. does. I mean, come on, come on. That's it. That's 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 like such obsolete thinking. Yeah. It's like it's like Jerry Thornton tweeted yesterday. He's like, if you're one of those people after the signed Hunter Henry, if you're one of those people that's not going to be happy with all the quality players Bill Belichick has signed, and you need to tweet about it, take your phone, put it in your pocket. Take yourself and throw yourself into a frozen pond because nobody <laughs> needs to hear from you. I mean, it's not—he's not wrong. The one thing no, I do want to—the one thing I want to—before I let you go, the one thing I want to ask you about is the offensive line because uh, it hurts. It hurts seeing Tooney and looks like probably Dave Andrews walk away. Um, and you know, Andrews is a guy that look PFF wise, you can debate uh, on you know how good he was last year, or whatever, but. You know, as far as quarterback of the offensive line, just a guy that was a leader in the locker room, was a, was a captain of the team when he was on IR for the year. He wasn't even playing, and he was a captain of the team. And so, you know, right. a guy that was obviously extremely important. And listen, they've done it before. You can replace the position. They started with Stork from, you know, fourth-round pick, and he turned out to be terrible. Then David Stork. Andrews undrafted, and he starts. So, so it's like they can find a, a, a fill in the position, but, like, I, I just – it sucks losing those two and it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And Tooney is what, what are you going to do? But the Andrews one that hurts, you know, I, I love that tweet yesterday. Like one day I'm going to be one day, I'm going to be old enough to tell my kids or like one day, Joe Tooney is going to be old enough to say Keegan. It. That's from Keegan. Oh, yeah. That was Keegan, man. Yeah. Keegan, God, he is. He deserves way more than 800 followers. Can we get him a couple thousand followers? He's, right? he's up Let's to a thousand. It. I think he Oh, all right. He deserves <laughs> that. All right. No, next thing, next thing, he's gonna go to second base with a girl. All right, <laughs> uh, he's the best. Uh, it was a great tweet. Like being able to, Tooney's gonna tell his kids, like, yeah, I spent my life blocking for Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Like, holy, yeah. shit, what a and life! Cam Newton, three, and three MVP. MVPs. Yeah. Why we, we, you're allowed? It's like it's like when you play nine holes with your friends in the winter, Pat. You're allowed a mulligan every now and again. Right. So we forget about the Cam Newton thing. But Tooney got paid a bag and a half. God bless him. Good for him. I'll wish him the best, except when the Patriots play the Chiefs. In the AFC Championship. the line goes, um, I think they're going to play the Browns this year in the AFC Championship. But, right. well, but I digress. We have, more, we have many more pulpit pods for that to come. As far as the offensive line goes, you hate to lose that leadership because you cannot replace the intangibles of what a guy brings in terms of his warmth, his command of the room, his personality, and his knowledge of the location, the opposing team. Right. And the guys that he goes to battle with any given Sunday and usually one or two Mondays and a Thursday, right? David yep. Andrews, yeah. and he's beloved. Yeah, like no one is, 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 he's like a McCordy of the offensive line. He's a leader and no one will ever say a bad word about him. But Belichick, I think in a lot of ways, when he gets these undrafted guys and they turn out to be successes, I think he's happy letting them walk when they get top of market price because in his mind, that sort of like you just get them back next year. Like Van yeah, and, Hey, they're going to come back on their redemption tour after they get paid for one or two years. And there's a long line of people that prove Spags line true. And two, you know, the, his, his algorithm just says, you know, like I got this guy in the seventh round or as an Udfa, if you will. And I got pro bowl caliber play for three, four or five years out of him. Like I'm good. Let someone else pay him $12 million a year. Right. So it sucks. I was concerned. Andrews could walk. 
once both the Pouncey brothers, uh, Alex Mack moved on from Atlanta and the Pouncey brothers retired, like a bunch of center jobs came open. Yeah. So I knew his market was going to increase, which is, it's too bad, but you know, man, the way yeah, I'm when you, oh, it does. But on when you and Trent Brown coming back in a prove it year and all oh, the three or four different guys that are going to fight it out for right tackle too. Like, oh man, it's going to be, be good. Awful. It's going to be yeah. good. I agree. All right, we're going to let you go. But before I do, because we're live streaming, I got to show you yep. this. I got to show the stream this as well. I got this today. This, oh, is, this is a tattoo on your ass. I don't want to see it. <laughs> it is, it's not. I promise it's not. It is. So it's an original. It's an original photograph that I had framed. I don't know if oh, you can see it. Look but at that. It is 1964. Oh, New England oh. Patriots versus That's, Buffalo Bills at Fenway Park. That's Spags' dad's birth year. And yeah, close. right. One so, on the first Super Bowl. Close. So, anyway, so but that's I was like, that, oh my that, god. That is, that's awesome, dude. So my father-in-law gave that to me, and I was like, I got to frame this thing, and I got it today. And I was like, I got to show it. I got to show it to the people on the oh, uh, on the stream me? here, dude. So, are you kidding me? That is that is a piece, yeah. and it's like no, original. That's an original picture from like literally printed out in 1964. So, an original people. picture of the original toilet, the original our <laughs> dump, and we loved it because yeah. it was our dump, right? Right. Three names, one shitty stadium with a terrible tailgate. But you know, no, what? no, that one's that's from Fenway. Oh wait, that was wait. Put that back up here. I thought that was Schaefer. No, no, no. That's sixty-four in Fenway. Show me that. Hold on, you can see you can see the the monster on the. Uh, oh my gosh, right, dude. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what makes it even cooler, dude. So and of course, so my dad's been a season ticket holder forever. My dad goes, I was like, oh yeah, I got this picture, and he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, wait, nineteen sixty-four. I'm like. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. He's like, you know, they, they had to put sawdust down in the end zone because they weren't going to play. And he's like, I was he was 11. He was like, I was I was practicing for the for the winter thing. And I brought my transistor radio, listen to the game. And I was like, what? The, how much? But how the hell do you remember that? Like, and he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday, but I remember that. <laughs> Dad, if we ever get a chance to do a live podcast, we'll have to. We'll have to sit down, have some adult beverages. Of course, it'll only be a cherry lime Ricky for Spags, that little whippersnapper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll tell him about the days when you used to go to stadiums and you had to you had to relieve yourself in a trough. Oh God, yes, yeah, no, not pleasant, <laughs> not pleasant at all. <laughs> being like being like nine, walking up to that trough was uh. It's the worst part was being like a kid yeah. and you're at eye level with everyone and you're yeah. just like, oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see yeah. that. No, I don't yeah. want to see that either. Terrible. I'm like, Dad, do I relate? He's like, just, just do it. Just do it. Close yeah. my arm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Dad, oh, Dad, I'm getting splashed. Up. All right, get out of here. <laughs> oh, brutal. Hey, Fitzy, this has been great. So much fun. We appreciate it. We love having you on. We're gonna have to have you on more often. We got, you know, your beautiful uh, face. Whenever you guys, whenever you guys want to talk, I got my own little, like, uh, got my little Zoom BG with some of my memorabilia set up right here behind me. So Fantastic. I, am R- I am RTG and good to go anytime you guys want to. Like, like, like everyone on the team is saying, like, I see the pulpit signal in the sky. Let's run it. <laughs> Let's do it. So plug yourself before you go, though. I mean, listen, everyone freaking knows you, but plug yourself anyways, because, you know. All right. Well, I mean, you can see where you can follow me on the socials at FitzyGFY. Uh, that that's pretty much universal. And of course you can read some of the stuff I do for WEI and Saturdays, one to four Fitzy and Mego on the WEI sports radio network. There you go. Love it. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll, uh, we'll be live again next week. So thank you. See ya.